1: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend
0: doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan can want. Go, this is 4th Down in the Steel City with your host, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap.
1: 4th Down in the Steel City, Steelers now 1-2 after their disappointing loss to the Cleveland Browns on TNF as it's called on Amazon Prime they don't even call it Thursday night football calling it's just TNF and I wish that the game had been abbreviated I didn't really need to watch that second half the offense was fine in the first half maybe even good for their standards in the first half then the offense was bad and it looked an awful lot like well the way I think a lot of these games are going to look if Mike Tomlin's true to his word and doesn't make any changes.
2: Wait, it's seriously called TNF. It's not called, they don't have Thursday night football as part of their branding. It's just TNF because I watched the whole thing and I guess you're probably right. I just saw. T-N-F. So it'd be like
1: if,
2: if Saturday Night Live just went to SNL and didn't recognize it was Saturday Night Live. That's right. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, what you call it by any name that you want. The Steelers weren't good and their offense was, terrible and the defense shouldn't be off the hook um and you know a buddy of mine texted me today and said this he said you know you can think of the Steelers we had this big long he's one of those guys too that he writes one big long text do you like big long texters or do you like a series of small texts
1: uh I'll prefer a long text I don't when my wife hits me up with buzz 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 it makes me want to pull all my gray hair out
2: anyhow which you have a lot he is a uh he sent me a big, long text, and he said, you can look at it any way you want, spin it any way you want, but look at the Steelers in full form the a, a, a big view of them. They are the Bengals' long snapper screwing up away from being 0-3. No other way to put it. Yeah. And I, he's closer to being – like, you don't look at a play here or a play there that the Steelers could have made and said they could be three and out or even two and one.
1: No, because the plays that they would have made would have had to have other plays subsequently follow them up. Like the gunner Olszewski, you don't muff that punt. You have a chance then to win that game against new England, but you're going to have to do stuff afterwards. Deontay Johnson down the left sideline against Cleveland. You make that catch on third and three when you're down two points. Now you're in Brown's territory. You can take the lead with a field goal. Okay, but you still have to make some subsequent plays. I think you're right about that. And this might – I don't know how this is going to get received, but it's something I was thinking about today, and this is a good place to start. I almost kind of wish they were 0-3 because Mike Tomlin's just not going to make the necessary moves when they're close. And for all their struggles – I do think they'll probably beat the Jets next week and be at two and two. And the longer they mill around that 500 mark, the longer Mike Tomlin's going to think patience is the way to go. And we're going to figure this out. They're not going to figure it out. The only way you do is if you fire the offensive coordinator or put in Kenny Pickett, and I'm not sure either of those things are legitimate solutions, but if you don't do one of those things, you are going to lose more games than you've won for the first time in your career.
2: They're in football purgatory. It's, it's better to bottom out. It really is than it is to stay in the middle somewhere. They're going to stay in the middle somewhere. I agree with you. If they were 0-3, they'd be in a better place because it can validate then playing Kenny Pickett, going with the young guys and doing that. Not necessarily going with the young guys. They already do. And let me explain that too. That's one of the rationales that kind of, I. Use, and I'm full on Mitch Trubisky. I thought he was going to have a great year. It's obvious that that's probably not going to happen at this point. But but the harm that can be realized, even if it goes wrong with Kenny Pickett, is what I don't understand. If he would be put in there with Najee Harris, with Pat Fryermuth, with now George Pickens, who's a part of this, with the offensive line, the people are generally, in terms of a career track, going to be on that career track with Kenny Pickett more than Mitch Trubisky. Mm. so why wouldn't he infuse with those guys that are his class so to speak you know like and they all sort of come to fruition together that's that's the part i think it fits now uh, for a lot of reasons especially because you're one and two and probably should be oh and three to play kenny pickett if you're ever going to do it
1: yeah i couldn't agree with you more And if you're willing to be, quote-unquote, patient, which is the word Mike Tomlin has continued to use with Mitch Trubisky in this offense, and it's not all in Mitch Trubisky, I'll be clear on that, but if you're willing to be patient and take your lumps while you try to build this offense that they have said is young and it is only Mitch Trubisky's third game in this offense, if you're willing to do that, why not take the lumps with the rookie quarterback and let him grow and get a head start on his development and figure out what you got in the guy. It makes zero sense to me. And I know that Mike Tomlin even said prior to the first preseason game that whomever the starter is from day one, they're going to stick with for an extended period of time. Right. But this guy's coached in this league for 16 years. Does he not not see that this can't work? Does he not see that this can't be a recipe for success, especially without TJ Watt. You need to score points. They're averaging 18 points a game. It's pathetic. This is a man who's watched football his whole life, who's coached for 16 years. Start taking the lumps with the rookie because at least there's upside there where maybe it could be different.
2: Yeah, you can talk about improvement. And did they show improvement on offense? I guess they did because they were so down, but – I just – I can't go there with saying, well, you know, the offense was better. Sure, you can classify it as better. Show me a lot of games in the NFL this season, and I don't have the numbers. I'm sure Stats, Inc. or somebody could give it to me, or Elias, some guy named Elias that works in a sports bureau, he could give it to me. Show me the amount of games you would win in the NFL this year if you scored 17 points. There just can't be a lot. And so we're we're here, not us, but – People on this um, Friday morning after the Thursday night game are wanting to celebrate the Pittsburgh Steelers for scoring 17 points. Get the hell out of here. I can't do it. I just because, again, I don't know the number, but there can't be a lot of games. If you scored 17, you'd win all year in the NFL.
1: I think the Jets were last in the league in points four last year. and like I,
2: 15 and a half, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, and the Steelers are in that neighborhood. And I'll tell you what, I mean, just being honest, at halftime, I was willing to throw a party because at halftime, they had scored, what, 14 points? Whole buddy, cause for celebration. Giant steps forward. George Pickens making plays. They're throwing it down the sideline, Colin. They used some of that no huddle, some of that hurry up. It's unbelievable. The high-flying Pittsburgh Steelers may break 21 in this game. And then the second half looked exactly like the New England game, which looked exactly like the Cincinnati game, which is exactly who they are. And they might bust out for, ooh, a 10 spot and a quarter here and there oh, this is not an offense that's sustainable. And the offensive line hasn't even been a problem, my man. Like, that's one of the things that punches me in the face whenever I think about this offense. Before the year, I thought they were going to stink because the offensive line in the preseason was the worst offensive line I think I've seen them have. And the offensive line's actually been okay. So what's that tell you? If it ain't the offensive line,
2: hmm. Mm. yeah yeah uh you know i think there's a philosophical question can we do you want let's have this philosophical or philosophical theory here yeah that i want to get into let's get into this right now because i think it works people will say that by design of the nhl nhl of the nfl and roger goodell and the way that this league is teams are made to go up and down and have up and downs and different teams you saw last year okay last year for example like how many teams were in it all the way up until the uh very end of that Vegas game right like there were so many teams that could have made the playoffs right yeah uh, and so it's crazy how that works and teams do go up and down you you don't have one team that carries on and that's and now the argument is the Steelers are just realizing their downturn which is understandable and it's by design by the NHL they or NHL the NFL because they don't want a team like they don't want like baseball where five teams really compete right understandable salary cap the way it's structured competitive balance and everything that they do have that said I get it and I understand it all teams go up and go down but one thing no team has you know he's one of the most tenured coaches in the league so there's that but the second thing is the Steelers could have in a proactive manner extracted themselves from the down, the obvious downturn by who they drafted, where they drafted them. If nothing else, they could have still realized it down, but they could have taken a big swing in doing that. Like right now, I get it and I understand it. You look at the at the situation, you knew your Hall of Fame quarterback was going to leave. You felt like you had to draft a quarterback, which I don't understand. But look at the amount of luxury picks in alleviating oh. picking the obvious which was beefing up the offensive line so again like that's why I can't let them out from under the blame here because you take a guy who stinks like Kendrick uh, Green from Illinois that if you're going to take a lineman you don't take him you take Fryermuth who you don't use you take a quarterback who you're unwilling to play in a football game you take a running back who are a dime a dozen that you could take anywhere right I mean, the list goes, you take, you trade up to get Devin Bush, who's a linebacker who freaking stinks, even if he's gotten better. The lack of, again, and I, I hope you understand where I'm getting at, like, you go up and you go down, it's the natural progression of the NFL, but they could have stepped in and tried to change that by taking a line.
1: Oh, absolutely, and the one that I said at the time—I mean, I don't—I would never have drafted Najee Harris. You and I are on the same page on that, and and that's what I was saying, just like you were at the time. Don't get it, running back—it doesn't matter if your running back is good if your offensive line's not good enough. It just doesn't, never has, never will. So I didn't like that. I also said at the time when they picked Pat Fryermuth, Creed Humphrey's right there. And Creed Humphrey was one of the best centers, if not the best center, as a rookie last year in the NFL. You win if you have a quarterback by your quarterback making plays. You win if you don't have a quarterback by being better on the line of scrimmage than your opponent. And they've decided it doesn't matter to them. And the thing is, they take the quarterback hoping at some point that guy can be the one who makes the plays. You need someone to make plays now, and now you're not playing him. It's almost like they have no direction, Colin, that they don't know what they want to be. If they want to be the team that is driven by the quarterback, but you don't know when you want to get there. And right now, you're one and two. And I think when we look up in five or six weeks, if no legitimate changes are made, they're going to be sitting here at like two and seven.
2: Ooh, that's bad times in Steelerville. Uh, it really is. I just bad let's get into in next. You know what I think a good question is next. What is the threshold in which you definitely go to Kenny Pickett when you can't? You both a record-wise, where the team is turmoil, if you will. When you can't ignore the obvious, there. I think there. Are, bordering on ignoring the obvious right now but when organizationally do you sit in a meeting room do you get in there do you say oh shit man everybody's talking outside of it we gotta do it what what is that point for you you want to get into that next
1: i do i have an answer we'll get to that next it's fourth down in the steel city the steelers stink
0: Learn more at marines.com. In depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap.
1: All right, Colin. Hit -hmm. me with it one more time here.
2: All right, so Mike Tomlin ignores the outside noise. He told us that by virtue of telling everybody before even thinking about it that the quarterback and the offensive coordinator are safe without even looking at the tape, without even digesting this game. He did it pretty much as soon as he walked off the field after they lost to Cleveland, right? So outside noise, he says, uh, you know, elevator music. I believe he's used it one.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Something
2: like that. Something. What point, though, do they get in and they have their Monday meeting? If it's it's Matt Canada, it's Mike Tomlin, it's Omar Khan, it's uh, the Flying Weidel brothers. It's all those people. And they get in this big, nice table that Art Rooney has fashioned up. They probably imported from Ireland. Mind you, knows a, knows a guy, Tony O'Reilly or something. Gets it all built up and it's wonderful. And they're sitting around this beautiful table and they're having coffee and it's all the powers that be. And Mike Tomlin just goes, you know what? Been a lot of noise last couple months, last couple weeks, whatever. We we got to give in. I mean, we held out as long as we could. What is Mike Tomlin's held out as long as we could until he goes, we got to play Kenny this week. What, what's the situation? Paint, paint me that picture, not in your mind, because I think your mind is the same as mine. What will make Mike Tomlin, what you really think will make Mike Tomlin flick that switch? Where will they be?
1: Yeah, my mind would be, eh, you lose to the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night football and you don't do anything of consequence in the second half. For them, I think they're going to need to be, what would it be? I think they'd have to be two and six at the bye. I think the bye is what they have circled. And I think at that point, You'll have realized that unless you do something, the season's totally lost, but you also think that the best chance for you to be successful with your rookie quarterback is to give him that almost reset point with the team for the quote unquote clean slate. I think that's when they would say, okay, this thing, it's not too, too far gone yet because they'll believe they can win the rest of the games. They just do. That's the way that they are. I think that's when they would do it. That's the that to me is the drop dead point where Mike Tomlin would finally throw his hands up. And the reason I say that is because this is a stubborn mother bleeper, Mike Thomas. Well, everybody
2: is. is in that building. Every, there isn't anybody yeah. who's not. I and, and at some points that's a great quality. You know, it's a great quality when they have an undrafted free agent that ends up making the team and plays. Whenever you say Ramon Foster and that guy plays, or you have a guy like Chris Hoke that gives a wonderful effort. Effort for many years to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a lot of people say, no, I'm not taking that guy. We like him. You know, it's a good quality to have at times. I think, and I agree with you at his exact point, if between now and the bye, the Jets are the only win. And yeah. by virtue of that, you would really leak into that buy. You'd have a time to, to full sail, uh sort of reset, hit the reset button, recharge, restart your season. If they are two and six, it would be... Than at the buy right if the Jets are the only other win yeah it would be the Cincinnati win if they're two and six at the buy and they come out of the buy into that first game and Pickett doesn't start he won't start until next year
1: yeah I mean if you're sitting there four games under five hundred and you can't turn it over to the rookie quarterback you just never had any designs on turning it over to the rookie quarterback but and- I do think.
2: He will make it – I do think even Tomlin will relent if it is that picture that you just uh, so wonderfully painted about being two and six at the bye. I think even he will say, you know, I held on to the these chips and I was not going to push my cards in the middle of the table. <sighs> even I got to wave the white flag right
1: now. I, I can look at it both ways too, though, because I think it was 2012 and the Steelers started two and six. And I remember doing a show with Charlie Batch, one of the first shows I ever did with Charlie. And I said, do you think Mike Tomlin might start playing some of the younger draft picks here? Uh, Because clearly this team doesn't have it. And Charlie, he said, absolutely not. Mike Tomlin's not going to throw in the towel. And the Steelers finished 6-2 and down the stretch, go 8-8. and And I think that's the Ryan suck-up year where they missed the playoffs. I could see that being a point of reference for Mike Tomlin. And maybe he thinks, oh, Mitch Trubisky, we can turn it around, or it could be the opposite. And I think it would likely be the opposite where, okay, you know what? We're two and six. You have an extra game now. I've been here before. We've been here before. We can turn this thing around with the right button being pushed. This is, I don't know what this makes me as someone who likes to see the Steelers win, but this season's so fascinating to me because. It's for the for the first time in my life I'm actually okay. I want to see them win every game. I do. But I'm actually okay when they don't win because it does it get you, you closer to Kenny Pickett. Make I think I think you would see for the first time in a long time, Colin. Yes. If they're 2 and 6 or 3 and 5 or whatever, something like that and Mike Tomlin doesn't go to Kenny Pickett I think you would see more swaths of empty seats than we've seen in decades at Steelers games.
2: Adam, we saw more last year than we've seen in decades. And yeah. they were relatively successful. They were a playoff team. And it's here, this now you hit it. Now you hit it. This is this is the meat of the conversation. Meat. It's one thing from the football ops people to look around and say, Man, we gotta get this guy in the field. I don't know, you know. No, we still have a chance. Trubisky's our guy. It's another thing if he has the balls, and I don't know if he has the fortitude that his father had. If, and definitely his grandfather, if Art II would stand at midfield before a game and look around and say, "Michael, you know, he took Michael," (laughs) um, and point to those wide swaths empty seats and say, "We ain't going anywhere. Get the kid in the game because this is unacceptable." and pointing to those empty seats whenever there's 51,000 people in there.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I'm not so sure that guy didn't have a hell of a lot to do with Kenny Pickett being the draft pick, given the failures of regime past to pick Dan Marino, the pick kid who went on to have, mm, I think, a pretty successful NFL career. So I don't know if he's the guy who would do that and walk out to midfield and say this is wholly unacceptable, but I think he's the reason or at least a big reason in swaying the opinion of guys to make Kenny Pickett be their draft pick with that 20th overall selection. Colin, there's another reason why that loss was so bad last night, and we'll get to that coming up next. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Oh, yeah.
0: Conversations, matchup breakdown. analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap.
1: Fourth down in the Steel City, Steelers, losers to the Cleveland Browns on TNF. And that's why it hurts so much. I'm okay more than ever, as I said in a previous segment, with this team losing games because I think it gets you closer to Kenny Pickett. Not to that team at this time. Not with what the Cleveland Browns have stood for. And I'm talking about major controversy here. I'm talking about that elf in the middle of the field. Not really. I don't like the Cleveland Browns. I like them less than I ever have with the Deshaun Watson stuff. And this is a game where I know the Steelers were five-and-a-half-point underdogs, and then that line moved a little bit, but they were underdogs in this game. Right. The Steelers are playing Mitch Trubisky by choice. The Browns are playing Jacoby Brissett because they're forced to do so because their quarterback got suspended. That's a game you simply had to win. And Cleveland's your little brother, has always been your little brother, and now they're in dire straits or should be with their backup quarterback, and you can't put your foot on their neck and make them twist a little bit that's what kills me about that. If it was any other team on Thursday night, I'd say, okay, hip, hip, hooray. You're closer to your franchise quarterback, hopefully, in Kenny Pickett. But yeah, you might be closer, but you're also now 0 1 against Cleveland, and that sucks.
2: Cleveland's won a couple games of consequence of late against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure have. You know, that's where's that? Where, where's
1: that tell you that the Steelers are?
2: I, I absolutely agree with you in that regard. You know, it is, uh, It's definitely swung the balance and it shouldn't have swung like that here. This is in full form though, bigger than just the Browns. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. So I'm a little bit older than you, but I I think we're largely about the same kind of guy, right? I'm just, uh, how old are you? 26.
1: I wish I'm 31.
2: That's what I said. Uh, I was kidding. 31 with your gray hair. Um, so you're 31. So I am 45. I'm 14 years old, almost 15 years older than you. Okay. So I'm, right on the cusp of a different generation okay just a little bit like i remember some of the things at the beginning of the good years that you don't right Mm -hmm. i remember the bad years but i'm 45 i'm born and bred pittsburgh -er. i die with the teams here make no mistake even if i'm critical i want the penguins the pirates the steelers to win i want them to win every game they play in especially against any team from cleveland i feel like right now it it feels like most, if not all of my, most of my life, most of my life, 85% of my life, probably, that other players in the NFL had this deep respect for anything Pittsburgh Steeler, The logo, the players, the fans, everything. This deep respect, almost bordering on fear. Like, oh my gosh, goodness. that's Those are the Pittsburgh Steelers. But now it feels like they look at them and other fan bases and the players do as just another team. Uh, The biggest example of this, and it's not to this point, Texas football was like that for Mm. a long time. That logo, those colors, that longhorn, woo, that whole sort of thing. And then it just went down in the tank. The Steelers have not gone in the tank to that degree, but for a while, and you know, this as being a fan of a team in the big 12. People are like, well, yeah, that's just Texas whenever a generation ago it was like, "That's Texas,
1: yeah, yeah, they're coming into town to whoop your ass. They're
2: bringing the show to town. Mm-hmm. The Steelers, I don't think they'll ever get to hit a bottom like that. But make no mistake, probably since the Green Bay Super Bowl, they're just another team. There's not that we hype up and build up the reverence. It's not there externally, I don't think.
1: You're dead on about that. And in fact, just before we started recording the podcast, Colin Coward said that the Steelers are, they're a Hummer living in a Tesla world, I think is what he said. Because the the way that they act is they are a franchise that still wants to be predicated on defense. And they haven't exactly got along with the times. And patience can be an asset, but in this instance, it's a negative. And that's just one of many examples of a lot of national people that I saw laughing at the Steelers last night because of their offensive ineptitude. I wish the Steelers weren't on national television last night. Uh, I wish that that offense never sees the light of national television again because it's an embarrassment. It's a laugh; they're a laughing stock in that from that standpoint. <laughs> and Mike Tomlin does garner respect. There's no doubt about that. However, they haven't won a playoff game in...
2: Since the end of the 16th season.
1: Yeah. It's been a long time. When they got to the AFC Championship against the New England Patriots, New England showed everyone that they were the class of the AFC, and the Steelers, well, you should just be happy to be here. Uh, the Steelers lose a lot more of these big-time matchups now than they ever have that I can remember. And... They are just another team. I, I, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, ba- Bengals fans used to not show up to the games. Steelers fans showed up to the games. And I'm sure Bengals fans thought, damn, here we go again. Big brothers coming to town. And the same thing with the Cleveland Browns. And now the Browns probably feel like they've got the upper hand of late on Pittsburgh. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And the Baltimore Ravens have been the consistent class of the division, really, for the last half decade. The Steelers right now are are bringing up the rear in their own division.
2: I just think about yesterday, right? And before the game, not not after the game, but before the game. Yeah, certainly, you know, people are excited. They're going to watch the game. It's what they put in their agenda. But I didn't feel like everywhere I went yesterday, people were gearing their whole day Mm. as to, Oh my gosh, how many hours? There's a countdown. Six hours till kickoff. Here we go. Oh my, you know what? Like, I'm taking off work tomorrow because I got to stay up late and watch this. And I, it, it's the Browns. We're going to beat the hell out of them. And oh, I got to go this. I don't care. If it's a Thursday night. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to make Buffalo chicken dip. I'm going to drink a couple of beers. It just molded into something on your social calendar. It wasn't your social life.
1: I think Steelers fans are smart. They love the Steelers. They love football. They love the Steelers more than they love football, if that makes any sense. But I think if you watch Buffalo play, if you watch Kansas city play, if you watch name, another team Miami right now. Yeah. No kidding. You watch Miami play right now. Last night's game was like the comedian who comes on before the actual funny comedian. Like last night's game was, Hey, United States, you like football, maybe you have Amazon prime here, watch some football, but really neither of these teams are going to do Jack crap. Y- you can watch this game and it's, it might entertain you for a couple of hours, probably not, but it might, but this isn't Buffalo. This isn't Tampa. This isn't green like Bay. The Canton
2: Bulldogs, you know? Yeah.
1: They're just, they're just teams right now. The Steelers, for so long, even if the Steelers are an 11-win team, there's this gravitas where you almost feel like they're better than they are. And right now, uh, they're not even – they don't even look like they're playing the same sport on the offensive side of the ball. And if you can't play offense today, you're nothing.
2: It's a – So this is fun.
1: This has been great.
2: No, for a lot of people, though, here's the thing. Last thing I'll leave you with for me, I, I understand it because I was old enough to remember before they got good. I was Kent Graham and all those people for some people that are your age and a little bit younger, they kind of don't, they've never had this. Totally right. And so they don't know how to react.
1: Well, cause even, I mean, you think about, well, I mean the nineties, they were, they were good. And the thing is, The worst year I can really remember is 2003. Right. And that led to Ben Roethlisberger. And the year before that, they were a Joe Nedney Oscar performance away from going to the AFC championship. So you went 15 and one, one year, the year before, okay, you stunk. But the year before that, you could have gone to the AFC championship. Oh, boy, what a long lull that was. It is. It's totally new. It's totally new to people like me. And I don't like it. Get Kenny Pickett in there.
2: Don't lose a game the rest of this season. Reenact 0-4. four. Let's go. I don't care if they have the same record they would have with Mitch Trubisky. I'm at the point where I want Bingo. to start the future.
1: Bingo. Totally right. with you on that. Colin, we'll do it again on Monday. Maybe we'll uh we'll talk about some of the goofy stuff that's Definitely going to happen over the course of the weekend in the NFL. Uh, Some Steelers things as well. I mean, there's plenty of things to get to with them. We'll do that on Monday. Peace out. See ya.